where you live shouldn't limit your access to quality internet. That's not fair. U.S. Cellular introduces fast and fair high-speed internet. With reliable home internet from U.S. Cellular, now there's no limit to how you stream, game, and work. So instead of this, you get this. Upgrade to fast and fair high-speed internet from U.S. Cellular. Upgrade to fair. Good morning, guys. Welcome to Breaking Through Addiction. It's Wednesday again. My goodness me, these weeks are flying by. Good morning, Jen. How are you today? Good morning. I can't believe it's almost September 1st. I know. I know. It's uh, it's crazy. I remember when it was my birthday, July the 7th. I think it was two days ago, and all of a sudden it was like two months ago. My goodness, what's happening? Don't know what's happening. It's crazy. It's going quick, quick, quick. That means we're getting old or young, quick. Yeah, let's, I'm going to go for young right now since I'm 59. I want to try to go in the opposite way now. Keep going down and down and, and acting accordingly as we do. Yes, 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 yes. Hey, guys. So, so this morning we're supposed to have Dina on. Everyone knows Dina. She's been on the program before. But uh, we've got our times mixed up because we record live at 9 a.m. But we also go on platforms, 60 platforms, this evening at 9 p.m. So there was some sort of mix-up. I'm going to take responsibility for that. Because I should have been clearer. Jay Bear, my wife, told me to be clear to tell her it's 9 a.m. But I was like, no, she already knows. But apparently she doesn't. So uh, we're missing a guest today, Jen. Oh, I know. That's such a big, fat bummer. I'm super bummed. I was looking forward to talking to her. Yeah, she is awesome, I know. But uh, maybe we'll put her on. But the only thing is, guys, we're booked up until November, I think. <clears throat> and then I think we're halfway through November. So we've got September, October, all books up with some amazing guests each week are going to come on. <clears throat> we'll also be giving stuff away free each week so you can tune in. Um, the guys on the platform is the same thing, even though we go live on Facebook at 9 a.m. And, we, and we, our recording goes out at 9 p.m. tonight when we're still going to include you in the giveaway. So don't think because it's a recording program that we've already given away because we're not We're going to wait for you. Well, so what are you giving away this week? Well, I thought I was going to, I thought I might give away your book. Yeah. Your book comes out real soon. So tell everybody about, about this amazing book coming out. It's called The Addiction Diaries. It is. So um, it is a anthology of a bunch of humans that wrote their story. And my story happens to be in there as well. Um, what's really cool is that you know, I was just having this conversation the other day with our mutual friend and we we were all kind of feeling the the emotional hangover of sharing our stories. And um, and then like I had this realization that sharing our stories is an act of generosity. And when we are willing to really share and open our hearts and share the pain, the triumphs, the wins, the losses, all of it, and the messes that we make, that we are generously offering a gift to not only um, other human beings, but the universe, you know? 
And I, and so it's also the idea that like what Bill W was doing with when he started AA, like that was the, that's the brilliance of, of, and the beauty of AA is getting a group of, of men, alcoholics together and talking about their stories. And, you know, we've grown in so many ways past um, initially how Bill W saw AA, but, but we're still, that act of generosity is still there. So having said all of that, um, the book is really about everybody's stories. It's about addiction. It's about, you know, institutions, death, the shit that we, we put ourselves through and um, the pain that we put ourselves through and, and the name of addiction. So that's really what it's about. Excellent. Looking forward to, uh, looking forward to reading it. Should be an, an amazing read. Guys, as we go through the, uh, we're going to talk about, uh, and it's not a great topic I like to talk about because uh, relapse prevention is two words I hate together. But I know that over the last uh, couple of uh, weeks or months, uh, I've had uh, people calling me and texting me to say a friend has, has relapsed or a friend has uh, drank again. So I want to talk about that today. I want to talk about the pandemic and the relapse that's going on and how quickly we can get back. Now, that's the main, the main topic is how quick we can get back. And if we're going through the program this morning and you and, or you or us uh, messages or, or do something, uh, come with a truth bomb, okay? So that's when we smack you in the mouth with something which is true, like, for instance, that even though you're suffering from untreated alcoholism and addiction, and even though your life's gone to shit, and even though you don't think there's a way out, let me tell you categorically that there is. That would be known as a truth bomb. And when you hear that, you <laughs> And that, my friend, is a truth bomb. That means that what we just said is not only true, but it's achievable, and you should get your ass into gear and do it. So relapse during the pandemic. Say again. I can't yeah. believe how talented you are with all of this. <laughs> a man of many me. When I tell people what I've done in life, they go, oh, yeah, of course you have. You've done a lot. I just grab things and go for it. I mean, I'm just, it's just crazy what I can do. It's really is crazy. <laughs> so relapse, pandemic, and how quick we can get back. So I remember in the early days when I, when I was relapsing all over the place. I mean, I just couldn't stay sober. But my, one of my sponsors said, hey, this is what you must do. Every time you fall down, you've got to get up. It's as simple as that. And if you fall down and stay there and romance the idea of staying there, that's what's going to happen. And sooner or later, you're either going to die or you're going to go to prison or institutions. And that's what happened to me. So even though people around me fall, um, it's so, it's so with, with, with the right people around you, it's so easy to get back up. Would you reckon, Jen? Well, I mean, so, you know, for a long time, I heard like either you're, you're either you're recovering or you're relapsing and right. Like it's either or, and that's a pretty black and white statement. And um, I don't, I don't know if it's that easy to get back up. Like, I think that there's a lot of shame that goes with relapse. I think that when um, my experience in the rooms is that when there's a relapse, there can be a lot of shame associated with the relapse and having to go back into the rooms and say, yeah, I relapsed again, or I relapsed. So I'm really curious from the brain doctor is how do you because shame is about um, about us and guilt is about the behavior, right? Like, 
that's what we make the story the story about that is and it's and how do you not make it about you that you're a bad person or you're a shit bag whatever whatever the story in your head is and how do you get past the the actual behavior it's all about people around you we can't do it ourselves. We beat ourselves up so badly when this happens that you can't really come out of it by self. That's what I found out anyway, because the guilt, remorse, and, and the shame, and the fear that surrounds it as well is absolutely mind-blowing. It, it's crippling to the body. So what we need to do, I'm not a great believer, guys, and, and I might get some controversy and, back, and backfire over this. I'm not a great believer. You walk back into a 12-step room with your head down, going, oh, God, I really love to go. You don't have to do that. It's between you, God, and another human being. That's what we're talking about. And if you start surrounding yourself by the people who want you to get well, and this is all about surrounding yourself with the right people. So I once got told I was on 20 grand a year. If you want to earn 30 grand a year, hang around with the guys that earn 30,000 a year. And I did, and I did. If you know what I mean? So it's the same thing when you're in recovery. If you're surrounding yourself by guys that are always relapsing, believe me, you're going to relapse. And in that scenario, it's going to be real hard to get back. But if you're surrounding yourself with the guys that are, that are working the deal and, and doing the deal, first of all, it's harder to relapse. Believe me, it is. And secondly, they're going to be around you. Relapse is not the end of the world. It's, it's, part, of, it's part of the disease. It's not so much part of the solution, but it's definitely part of the disease. And it happens. You know, not everybody's going to go into the room, come out of treatment, you know, get it first time. I know I didn't, for goodness sake, and thousands of people I work with. So it's all about surrounding yourself with the right people that are going to tell you this, that are going to tell you it's not the end of the world. What's just happened might be your greatest story to tell somebody else that just might save their life. Interesting. So I guess what I, I guess what I have to say about that is that um, we have talked about in the past that we, we've talked about like, what would, what would have either you or I relapse, right? And we were saying, we talked about how we know a month, two months before the actual relapse happens, that it will happen, right? So what are some of the symptoms that you notice in people that are, it's not a black and white thing, but some of the symptoms that you notice that people like maybe a month before that they're going to relapse? You've always got to look at uh, alcoholics and addicts need a rigid day, a rigid schedule. So what we get our guys to do, we, we make the schedule each day. You know, we make, we make a list of the stuff we're going to do that day. That's the first most important thing to do. If you miss an item off that list, and this is proven and tested by, by us, Rob Kelly Recovery Group. If you miss an item off that list, there's a good chance of you relapsing. It's as simple as that. So that's one. You know, be careful when your day changes, when you don't do everything you're supposed to do that day. When you're putting off until tomorrow what you can do today, be very careful with that. Secondly, just watch your mood. Watch who you're picking on. Watch who you're getting annoyed with. For instance, like there was a guy that told me that he relapsed over a Christmas pen. And I'm like, what? And he explained that. Was like, yeah, I know, right? There's a girl in the office that used to have a Christmas pen that her mom bought her. And she used it every day. But it was July. And she kept using this Christmas pen. And he got pissed off that she was using that pen. And it's four or five weeks later, he relapsed. Well, as far as I'm concerned, the pen was the relapse. 
He shouldn't realize why is he getting pissed with everybody else around him? Why is he getting irritable? Why is his mood changing? Because that's the thing you look out for. And if you can catch it at that stage, which there are loads of things to look for, you have to be trained uh, or taught to catch it at that stage, then you are going to prevent your relapse. Yeah, that's so fascinating because, I mean, I think that it's a real thing. And one of um, one of the things that, um, you know, we know is that recovery is not linear, right? It's not some straight line and you just do, do, yes, I hear the rigidity, I hear keeping your schedule, but it's not really a linear experience. And we have to be able to and allow for other types of things. Now, in the normie world, and I don't consider myself a normie at all, but what, but the thing is, is that we have different types of relapses, right? We're, we're pissed off at our mom. We're pissed off at our dad. We're going to have, we might have an, uh, neuroses that might come up and it might trigger that thing. And that's also a relapse. And so I really love to bring in the whole spectrum of, um, how we can all recover rather than just recovering from the addict and the and and the alcoholic and the sex addict and the food addict and this right like there's a big spectrum of all of us recovering so what you're talking about dr rob is i think it's it's um it's across the board it's not just the alcoholic or the addict like people are losing their minds about you're not wearing a mask right I'm not suggesting that you shouldn't wear a mask. Please don't send me a bunch of things about COVID and, and, and the virus. I, I totally am on board with wearing a mask. But the thing is, is there's righteousness inside of you're doing this, I'm not, or I'm doing this and you're not. And it's the same, it's the same scenario inside of recovery, of the world of recovery, is there's righteousness. I should be able to do this. I should be able to do this. I should have that pen. I should, you know, I, I'm gonna be angry about that. There's righteousness in there. And so how do we know that righteousness has begun to creep up into our bodies, into our psyche? How do you know when you start getting righteous? Well, first of all, I've got to do this because that is mind blowing. My goodness. Did that just blow your mind? Isn't that so true? Talk about the mask. We're not talking about the, the epidemic. We're talking about everybody have to wear a mask. Some people don't have to wear a mask. It's the same thing in recovery. It is, unless everybody's on the same page. Now, we heard the other day some, this, this uh, explanation that I just love, where you, you're talking about the alcoholic and addict. We take him away. We teach him a different language. So let's say the house is German. We take him away. We teach him Japanese. And we put him back into a German house. And before sooner or later, he's going to start talking German. So, yeah, everybody needs to be on the same level. Everybody needs, needs to, to be taught the same of how to live, how to act, especially. I mean, I think this is across the board, but especially when we're talking about alcoholics and addicts or anybody who's addicted to anything in the, in the household or even the family. When they're not in the same household, it's that explanation that you can't just let the alcoholic and addict go into treatment and come back and expect everything to be okay because the house is sick or the family is sick. And without everybody talking Japanese, then it's all going to go wrong. And I think that's, that's an amazing point. Yeah. And you know, so it's like, 
in in a in in a married couple, right? The wife goes off to go to therapy and she gets all of this knowledge and understanding. She starts changing her life. Things are like she has a new language that she's speaking. And then she comes back home to her husband and they're not speaking the same language. Shit's gonna blow up, right? It's the same with treatment, going to treatment. I mean, if we're not speaking the same language, if if I'm coming over to your house and you're constantly saying, hey, Jen, wear the mask, wear the mask, and I'm not, I'm not speaking that language, things are going to blow up. So how it, how do we communicate, Dr. Rob? What's the, what's the conversation that we begin to have that, would, that helps us have a new level of communication? And how, does, how do we start speaking the same language? Well, I think it's, it's not easy to start with because the normal society today doesn't do that. And that's one of the things, Jen, that me and you are trying to get involved with, uh, a couple of things. First of all, it's the family breaking through addiction on Facebook. I mean, we've got a Facebook page. Go there. There's going to be some great information. And, of course, if you really want to start speaking a different language and get all the families speaking a different language, Recover Me Coaching is also on Facebook. And there's also a website.com. This will, this will well, part of it will explain about all staying the same page. So here's a for instance, guys. When, when somebody comes out of treatment, Mom and dad, let's say it's a kid, mom and dad are hiding the beer and, and, the, and the vodka in the house and they're putting it away. It's like, why are you doing that? Well, we don't want to trigger them. It's not just, what? If, you, if, if the alcoholic addict can't go where there's alcohol served, we have a problem. So we all need to be on the same page. So when, nobody tells them this. So when they, the, the alcoholic comes home from treatment and there's still beer or wine and mom's still having a glass of wine at nighttime, watching America's Got Talent, there's not going to be no hassle because everyone knows that you can't shield the alcoholic away just by hiding alcohol. It's doomed to failure every single time. So I think what happens is we need to start getting the family involved more than just a family program, which is probably one day a month. I mean, I know that me and you, Jen, have started in our program, I've started introducing work to the family because we need to teach them how to speak differently. We need to teach them the new language of recovery because they're lost. And, and I'm not blaming anybody here. I'm not saying, hey, parents, you should have done this or shouldn't have done that. They don't know. I mean, if you're paying for your son or daughter to go into treatment, surely you're paying for them to get fixed and come home and everything will be okay. And I think you've got experience of this with your two sons. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I It was like, I, you know, I always tell the story. I dropped my son off and I said, fix him. And then I didn't know that I actually needed to be fixed. And I don't mean that pejoratively towards me or towards my son, but there was a new language that needed to be spoken. And I, yes, I was spending the money. I was putting the time in to be with my son and learn what in the hell was going on and why was this happening. And when I began to understand that and understand the family system, I began to have a new language. Here's the interesting thing, though. And I warn this, and I'm sure that our friend Aaron probably has has this. When our children begin begin to get the language of recovery, and then the parents get it, there's this funny thing that can happen. We can actually use recovery against one another, right? Oh, definitely. <laughs> let me tell you about a family we work with. We work with the daughter first of all. We picked her up from from a hotel somewhere, and then we worked with. I think it was the sister, because the because the sister, other sister was doing really good. And yeah. then we said, hey, we've got to work with mom and dad. And mom and dad gets on board. And I remember them both sat there and they go, okay, 
because we do them together one, then we split them up and do different sessions. But they're like, okay, let's talk about, you know, let's call her Julie. Okay, let's talk about Julie. And we're going, no, it's nothing to do with you. This is about you. So when we started to teach them about the parent uh, role in all this situation, they would, one would come down to breakfast and do something, and then mom would go, hey, you shouldn't be doing that. You should be doing this, you know? Or, or mom would come down and daughter would go, oh, I see you've not done your mirror work in your prayers this morning because you're in a bad mood, mom. Yeah, and it was crazy because everybody was holding each other accountable and everybody knew what the other person was supposed to do because they were doing it themselves. Yes. You know, and he would walk through the house and go, Mom, I ain't seen your journaling today. Uh-huh. I know. How amazing is that? And I forgot. It's, it is. It's absolutely amazing. It is. It is. As a matter of fact, when I was um, visiting with my son this last month, he, I brought my dog to his house and my dog's following me around because he's like, Mom, I don't know where we are. And dogs are pack animals. And my son looks at me and he goes, you know, Mom, your dog is really codependent with you. You might want to look at that. <laughs> And I'm like, dogs cannot be codependent, but, but there's a language that allows us to begin having a deeper conversation and we can begin having a deeper relationship because of the gift of recovery and the gift of the language, right? I mean, it's a, it's, it is kind of a, another world language, right? It's its own sub subculture that we're, that we're working in and, and I think it's a special world that we're working in. But the thing is, is like when we can start supporting each other and growth, emotional growth, and really having the emotional sobriety, I think that really supports the level of sobriety that we can have from our substances. Definitely. The deeper the connection, the deeper the relationship. Because when you meet somebody, you, I mean, the, the best way to get on with somebody is called mirroring. And for those guys that don't know what mirroring is, you're kind of imitating the person you're speaking to. So if you're going on a business lunch and they order a glass of wine, you order a glass of wine. If they order a steak, you order the steak. If they cross the legs, you cross the legs. And it's all part and part of this feeling familiar with each other. Because if I'm sat there with, you know, with my hand on my cheek and you do the same, there's a connection there. And it might be visual, and about 90% of our uh, communication is body language anyway. You're talking to the other guy without speaking, going, yeah, I'm just like you. So you should pay me to, to conduct business with you because we're, we're together. Now, I know when I was doing some sales, I would find out what the guy's doing. What's his hobby? Is it golf? Nine out of 10 with business, and it's golf. So I'd slip that in like, oh, you know, my back with that backswing. Oh, you play golf. That's another form of mirroring. So it's the same with the family when you come back to the family unit. If they're going, hey, I should be doing my mirror work today, you're on the same, like, oh, yeah, I'm so glad you're doing your mirror work. But if mom and dad go, I don't know what she's talking about. I don't know what mirror work is. Then there's, there's, there's something lost in the communication, which obviously will tell further on down the line when things start to go wrong. I mean, that is an incredible point that you just brought up, Jim, because when it all goes wrong further down the line, people, even us sometimes are going, well, we're not too sure what happened there. Well, what happened there is we didn't teach the, the, the parents to speak Japanese. Right. You know, we expect them to keep speaking German and have that connection that everybody has when we've worked with them. And it has to be that connection because the communication and the relationship goes deeper. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's all about being present and connected and, and <clears throat> a level of, um, a level of, um, like deep understanding of what each other is going through and, and to be able to share that openly. 
Like that was the biggest gift of, of recovery, like with my children is to be able to share openly, like the feelings, you know, that we have. Right. And, and when we can, cause you know, I, the other day I just had a little, I just had a little row with my son and I said to him, you know, sometimes I feel like I defend, I have to defend my life to you. And he goes, you know, I really appreciate that. I can really appreciate that. But we didn't have that before. There was never a level of depth that we could go to that, go to that place. And so <clears throat> I think this is really where like ACA comes in, right? Where you yeah. can really start dropping into the family system and, and ultimately really get to a place of understanding what that little person inside of you really needed and expressing that without it being wrong. Like, Dr. Rob, I really needed you to be more present with me. And then having you go, oh, I could see that. Yes. Right? And I think that is the thing, that connection is the thing that ultimately supports us not relapsing. Yeah, and it's also the thing that's passed down from generation to generation because nobody's learning Japanese. Everyone keeps speaking German and, and it's get passed on, passed on. So there was a, an ex-patient of mine who came to us, alcoholic, chronic, uh, alcoholic in the family, alcoholism in the family. And there was a certain occasion that we went back in his childhood, was using the ACA, which is the Adult Child of Alcoholic book. It's absolutely amazing program. That's what Jen teaches, by the way. I, I don't know anything about that. I'm not qualified to teach that. That's what Jen does, and she's amazing at it. Um, it's go back. And what happened was he, he, his father was a, an ex-marathon runner, and he always wanted his son to, to do the same. But what happened is, is he was having a school event, and in a certain race, I don't know what it was, say the 800 meters or something, you know, there was first, second, and third place that got T-shirts saying first, second, and third. I, I, you know, I did the race or something like that. And he, and he came fourth. So he didn't get a T-shirt. And his dad did not understand the importance of love and, and, and care and nurturing with, with the child, because he was only about 11 or 10, 10 11 at the time, and it, it ruined the relationship because he, he the, the child held a grudge because or resentment that he didn't win a T-shirt and, and he knew dad was disappointed. And dad shown he was disappointed because he wanted to be, to, to, his son to be just like him. So instead of, instead of communicating that, son, you did your best and I want you to be like me and I'm so proud of you, there was this miscommunication going on where you know, some thought dad hated him. Dad thought son wasn't trying enough. Mm. And, and we finally found out after three months of therapy that that guy had been chasing that T-shirt for 20 years. Mm -hmm. And it was just mad. When, he, when we said that to him, he just broke down and cried. And today they have an amazing relationship because we started working with him and we started working with his father. His mom had passed away. And now they have an amazing relationship. So it's very, very important that we know language, we know how to communicate, and we keep open dialogue all the time. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and I, and the tears actually um, lead us to the trail, right, of healing, right? <clears throat> and so if we actually allow, you know, the wound is where where we find our purpose, all of that stuff. And so if we can find if we can be open and willing to go to those places and then ask our family members, like, I need you to come to this, these places with me so that we can heal the whole, the whole system. Because you don't, I mean, you don't pull out a tree that's dying from the soil 
and move it and have it grow to a beautiful tree with lots of apples on it and then put the tree back into the bad soil. Like you don't do that, right? The tree's gonna die again. So ultimately we really want to be um, building from the roots and the roots start with the family. You're on fire today. I'm on fire. You're on freaking fire. Some of the stuff that you're saying today is blowing my mind. It's so true unbelievable so true so how do we think how do we go about it guys how do we start this deal if you sat at home and listening to this if you're a parent or if you if you're a child that's suffering obviously you're getting contact with either of us on facebook we'll give you all the details later but open communication and dialogue is very very important to all the stuff that we talk about on this show and it's really important that you guys out there get involved we're not doing this for the fun of it. We're doing it to get people involved. We're doing it so the family understands what's going on and that open communication is kept with us and you guys. This is why we're doing it, you guys. So not only are Facebook followers live right now, but the platforms tonight. If you're living on Google Play or Apple iTunes, it's the same for you. Contact us. We'll give all the details later. And I want, here's the question. Tell us where the laundry list lives. Excellent. Tell me, tell us where the laundry list lives. And if they get that right, what do they get? My book. Excellent. They get your book. Now, is that electronic download or is that a, a paper pack? Well, we could be, I could do either the electronic download or I'll send them an actual hard copy and I'll sign it. Excellent. So listen, guys, if you live in the US, you're going to get a signed copy of Jen's book, The Addiction Diaries. If you live outside the US, obviously it costs like $100 million to send it abroad. So you're gonna get the electronic version. I'm gonna repeat the question again. Where does the laundry list live? You got that guys? Where does the laundry list live? Unbelievable. We'll be back in one second. There you go, guys. There it is as well. You can also win a t-shirt, of course. And it's the it thing to have is the is the uh, breaking. It's uh, the uh, we don't negotiate with the disease of addiction face mask. We don't. Uh, if you have a mask, if you have Dr. Rob's mask, there's no need to be righteous about the masks. Exactly. Right. No need so, to be righteous. So, okay. <laughs> Dr. Rob. Curious, how many times did you relapse before you got sober? I lost count, 20 times, 30 times. Really? Yeah, it, it, it was it was that bad for me uh, because I, I kept thinking I could beat the system. I kept thinking I was too clever for this. You know, I kept thinking that surely it's not this simple and it's not this easy. My life is complicated. You don't understand about my life. It, I know there's no such thing as a spiritual journey because I am the spiritual being that, that you should be following me. You know, I mean, if you think I'm, I, I, if you think I'm loud and aggressive now, you should have seen me in the early days. Jeez, I, I've hit people with, with chairs in 12 step meetings and just crazy because I was an angry young man who couldn't understand why I couldn't stop drinking. Because most things that I was giving challenges with, and my sister will bear witness, I hope she's listening, is she got me a job somewhere in, uh, in telecoms and I just talked to it. I knew nothing about telecoms, but I talked to it as if it was a professional. 
because I did all my work I, and, and I, I rose to the top very, very quickly. And I was leading men within about two or three months that I was there. And there were guys there two or three years who couldn't do what I, I was doing. So that's, that's the confidence I had and, and the balls that I had to do this. So when it comes to a simple 12-step program and being honest, that's the huge word, honest, I can't realize it. Because I could never be honest and I could never. You see, the problem is with me, Jenny, if you only found out what, who the real me was, then it was all going to be over anyway. You know, so there's a Robbie Williams uh, song, song of that called Come and Done. And he talks about if, if I tell you the truth, you know, it'll all be over. So I'm going to continue lying and, and continue, you know, trying to impress you with things that I'm not rather than you know the real me. And, and that, that song talks about all the stuff. I know Robbie. Uh, he's not a great friend of mine, but I know him and I know when he, what frame of mind he was in when he wrote that song. And he talks about, you know, going on a date with someone for the first time and he's already thinking about how to break up with them. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It is. I mean, and, and I, and what I, I, I love that you share your story and what I want to say about that is that you're not alone, right? There's so many people that feel that way. If they actually really knew the real me, they wouldn't actually like me. Like for me, I, I'm always surprised when people like me, when people are like, oh my gosh, I really want to spend time with you. I'm like, what? You like yeah. me? Right? So what is that? Um, what is that old saying? It's like you wouldn't, um, you wouldn't belong to a group that would have me as a member. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So, so ultimately we're all dealing with this level of, of um, self-esteem and worthiness, which is where the inner child work ACA comes in right? That deep, right? And nobody really likes everybody. I hear a lot of people that like to dispel the inner child work. And the thing is, it's the most powerful work you'll ever do in your life. Like that's what it's been for me. Yep. It certainly is. And uh, it's amazing when we get back there and we do our work like we're supposed to do, how quickly we can clean up the past. Uh, we call it uh, heading back to the scene of the crime. Where you have to go back and do your work, and if you don't do it, it's going to come and bite you in the ass. Simple as that. Notice how I said "ass" with an "r" and not an "a" double "s." Yes. It's an English version of the "ass." I know. We're still, still going to kick you in it, no matter what it is. <laughs> I love, I love a when you try to be American and you try to say the American version of of our words. I know it keeps slipping in. I, I really want to. When I came over here, I wanted to be American, so I bought the cowboy hat and never got the boots, guys. Never got the boots, but the cowboy hat, and uh, I want to carry a gun and all that. And, and the more I'm here, the more I want to stay English because uh, the same thing with you is like when people go, "Hey, here's the English guy. Is 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 kind of okay?" And I'm like, "Okay, what what's coming next? What, what where's the where's the joke?" You know, because I can't believe it. You know, and what's the other thing they say? I wouldn't speak to my worst enemy the way I speak to myself. That's, That's so another one as well. Self dialogue for me is sometimes disgusting, and I've got to be. Got to be careful. Well, and one of the things that um with this um, virus is one of the things that alcoholics, drug addicts, um, substance abuse users, uh, anybody that has any kind of addiction, what we do is we isolate and we isolate really well. And so this isolation, this having to quarantine, I think is just absolutely doing a number on our psyches, not in, and yes, in the addiction community, but, and I think everyone, right? And so how do we find ways to be together and support each other? How do, do we start having meetings outside? 
do, being six feet apart. I mean, now they're talking 12 feet apart, but, but I, I just am really curious, like with the fact that we are isolated beings naturally, that's what we do. That's part of our sickness. How do we support other people and really bringing it together when, by the way, Dr. Rob online isn't working for me. I really want to touch, feel, experience the human being. I think I know a bunch of us got together and got, hey, you know, once a week we're going to we're going to go out and we're going to sit apart, and we're going to chat, and we're going to bring guitars, and we're just going to have a fun time. And I think the more people are in your, in your crew, like everyone's got a circle, everyone's got best friends and stuff like that. Is online is great, don't get me wrong, it's great, but we need the human connection. We need, even though we can't connect, you know, face to face, hand to hand, you can still make sure that your groups, you know, can meet somewhere in the park or wherever it is. I've, I've, I live in a, in a nice pair of uh, park town. It's really funny because we come out and, and we see people gathering around in chairs, six feet apart, you know, on the road and they're all chatting and, and people stop by and there's spare chairs and it's stuff like that. So I think it's important that you put down once a week that you go out and you meet people. I mean, yeah. you go on, uh, you go into these uh, uh, sites, you get an app where you can meet people in your area you know, there's loads of stuff that you can do while, while you're apart. You don't have to be stood next to each other to do this. But I think it's very important. And it goes back again to communication. We're community of animals, you know, we're community of beasts. We need to talk to one another. And we need to see the presence of another human being. Because if you're stuck on an island somewhere for like a year and you've got enough food to live and the, and the guy comes to rescue you, oh, my, the, the connection there is phenomenal. You know, it's like you see things and hear things from him that you've never heard. You're more attentive. It's phenomenal. And now we're all locked away in our little houses or our little islands. It's really important to meet once a week and get that connection. Well, yeah, and it's really about we all want to be seen. We ultimately all want to be seen. You know, and when we can be together and I can see your body language, Dr. Rob, and I can see where your eyes are going and I can see really what's going on, there's a level of... Um, of communication and and connection that is really really important and so when we want when we need to be seen we need to be heard we're we are pack animals as humans are we must allow ourselves to have that experience so it's all so asking for what you want i need to see you right i yes, mean I, was, I traveled all like all i went through like four or five different states over a six-week period plenty of being able to be with people and being still being safe. So I, I guess I want to dispel the idea that that we can't be together, even though we have this pandemic going on, we yeah. can still be together. We can still be together, of course. Guys, stick around uh, 30 seconds. We'll be straight back with the last giveaways. We're going to repeat the giveaways that we give you before. We're going to repeat the question. Uh, so stay around, give us 30 seconds. We'll be right back. guys welcome back fantastic show thank you all for listening and being there so we're going to repeat the question for the prizes first prize the first one in or the first one we pick should i say not the first one in the first one that we pick gets a, a copy a signed hard book copy of the addiction diaries from jennifer lovely it's going to be signed and sent to you if you live in the u.s we'll ship it anywhere in the u.s free of charge for you so you'll get that send send your answers in if you live outside the u.s we're going to send you or jen's going to send you a free 
electronic copy of the book. And I suggest get your answers in. If you don't know the answers, research it because it's an awesome book. Second prize or second picking out. Going to send you a T-shirt and a face mask uh, just to keep you safe out there and to spread the word. So, Jen, give us the question. Yes. So it is, where does the laundry list live? Where does the laundry list live? You heard that, guys. Book for the first one we pick out, T-shirt and mask for the second one we pick out. Don't forget, you can contact both of us, either individually or together. Individually, Dr. Rob Kelly on Facebook, robkelly.com. On the website, jenniferlovelycoaching.com on website, and Jennifer Lovely on Facebook. And if you're not sure which uh, Dr. Rob or which Jennifer, just make sure we're both friends. Make sure you've got the right one. Send us a like. Send us a message. Friend us. Do what you need to do. And the most important thing is, and it's coming up in the next couple of weeks, but there are Facebook things there to uh, to lock up, guys. Families breaking through addiction. So we have breaking through addiction. We also have families breaking through addiction. But we're concentrating on the families. We're answering questions. We're going to have some modules on there. We're going to have some great stuff coming where the family can get involved and really start speaking Japanese. If you listen to the show early on, you'll know what I'm talking about. Everyone needs to be speaking the same language. So we're going to teach you how to speak Japanese or how to speak the same language as your son, daughter, wife, husband, cousin that's going through addiction. Very important. Families breaking through addiction on Facebook. Look for the page. And, of course, this is going to be exciting. Recover Me Coaching. So, Jen, I know we've got Recovery Coaching Facebook and there's a website.com coming out. But explain to everyone what Recover Me Coaching that me and you as a joint venture is going to be doing. Well, what we're going to do, and one of the things that I want to say is that Dr. Rob, myself, and then we have a cohort coming up soon. His name is Aaron. He's amazing. Um, but what we're trying, what we're really deeply working to do is to kill the secrets that live inside of us. Because ultimately, the secrets are the thing that kill us. The secrets are the things that keep us sick. And part of what Dr. Rob and I are doing together, coaching, is that we are walking you through the next phase of your life. You've recovered. You are no longer in the substance use abuse user category, right? You are moving forward in your life. And we want to support you to create the next level, the next phase of what you really want in your life. What does your heart deeply desire? What, what have you always, always wanted to create that you are afraid to create or you have been afraid to create? We're going to support you getting through the fear and get to the other side of what it, what it is to live in possibility outside of your addiction, outside of anything that is holding you back. What do you want to say about that, Dr. Rob? I think it's going to be an amazing program. Also, if you want to become a coach, we're going to teach you how to become a coach. So there's nothing on that website that can't be done, and there's nothing we'll explore. But it is a part of your life. Believe me, I see somebody. Jen, I think, sees somebody. We all need somebody that we go to like a mentor. Recover, uh, recover Me Coaching is that mentor. It can be that mentor. So you don't have to go out and see anybody. You join the website. We give you some amazing things. We give you private lessons everything you can think to improve your life and take it to a different level because that's what it's all about. I mean, if only you knew how powerful you were, really were, you wouldn't have to join the coaching that we're doing. You just carry on with life and be amazing. But all of us, all, all of us, all of us need this push and the realization of how powerful 
we really are. You know, one of the things that our society teaches us is separate and alone. If you're doing it separate and alone, you're a badass, you're this, you're that, right? You can do it alone, you can do it alone. Except that I haven't been able to get anywhere in my life actually alone. I have a coach. I have somebody that walks me and supports me to create the next uh, thing in my life. I know Dr. Rob has mentors and he has people that support him. So it's like, we don't actually have to do this alone anymore. And that's the part that I really want to drive home is we're here to support and we're here to push you to that next thing to actually have the things that you say that you really, really want in your life. Excellent. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll come to the end of the show uh, next week. Watch for the sizzle during the week. We do a sizzle on Facebook Live. We're going to introduce a guest for next week. Pretty good guest as well. All our guests are amazing. Next week's going to be an amazing guest as well. So don't forget, tune in for lovelycoaching.com, robkelly.com. You can reach us on Facebook as well. Send in questions. Just say hi or any, any of the problems that you've got. So for me, I want to say thank you, guys, and we'll see you next week, same time, 9 a.m. on Facebook Live, 7 to 9 p.m. on platforms around the world. Thank you, you guys, and thanks for just, like, going with it with us this morning with not our guest. Oops, we, you know, we're human and just allowing us to be human and having mistakes um, and, uh, and just letting us kind of riff, doing a morning riff. That was fun. I enjoyed it. So have an awesome week. Have an awesome day. Bye, guys. We'll see you same time next week. The Oregon College Savings Plan can help fund your child's dreams and ideas. But it's not just for college. It's also the trade school savings plan and the books and materials savings plan, even the room and board savings plan. With fewer educational expenses to think about, your kids can focus on what matters, their future. Start saving today to support your child's tomorrow. Learn more at OregonCollegeSavings.com. The Oregon College Savings Plan can help you support your kid's future career as a teacher. A airplane driver? Um, no, their career as a hairstyle designer. As a dinosaur doctor? Oh, their future job as a windmill builder. No, an ice cream taster. You know what? We just don't know what they want to be yet. But while they figure it out and dream big, we're here to help you save for what comes next, whatever that may be. Learn more at OregonCollegeSavings.com.